0: My wonderful Savior, I know for sure
1: In the porter's hand, he will make our life what he wants it to be, amen. Just to be used by him according to his own purpose. We have not our own purpose, we want his purpose to be fulfilled. The bride just follows the desire of the bridegroom, amen. Thank God for that. That's thank you, brother Andrew, for that song. God is good, amen. Just want to greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you for coming that's all the song for this morning god bless you thank you greet all the visitors and all the regulars and uh wish you welcome in the house of the lord it's good to be fellowshipping around the revealed word of the hour precious time we are living in that god has loved us and given us the word of life to prepare the bride for the rapture Uh, thank you for coming and uh, honoring the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just want to also thank, I'm sure all of us, we are so still enjoying the services on last weekend. uh, Brother Tim Dodd, and it was such a blessing for us and may God bless him and it was a blessing for our soul. May God continue to use his servant and thank God for using him among us and for our pastor for inviting him and the service on Wednesday, amen. 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 I Just want also to go on the same line, just give me a few minutes here to make a few announce, announce, announcements here. That Brother Andrew mentioned, thank you for taking that part, but I just want to thank also Sister Cara and Sister, and Sister Cara and Brother David for translating from for Brother Sister Ruth and any French person, so always take that sacrifice and the flexibility and always do that, so just want to acknowledge their effort and what they are doing and special thanks for the special songs, Man, <laughs> it's been a blessing this morning. I invite you to go to the word of God and continue to pray for our pastor as in missionary work. Brother Barnum says you are always in God's will when you are doing missionary work, so thank God for that. Genesis two, just go to that place and then uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Genesis two, verse 18. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Precious almighty Father, we thank you once again this morning to be in your house, Father, giving us the opportunity to worship you, Father, to glorify your name, to praise you, Father. Lord Jesus Christ, where could we go? Only you have the words of life, Father. We have found the place of refuge in you, Lord. The name of Jesus Christ is a mighty tower where the righteous find his refuge, Lord. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor once again this morning. Father, we are coming, as the song was saying, we are coming, Lord, to you, laying our life in the potter's hands, Father. Lord, we desire, Lord, to be used by you. May you mold us. May you, Father, shape us according to your own will, Father. We don't want to change the word to fit us, but we want, Father, us to be changed to fit your word, Lord. Father, we are here. May you come and cleanse us, wash us, Father remove anything that is not of yours father we want to be reflecting the life of jesus christ father we surrender ourselves to you this morning lord the speaker and the hearers lord all of us lord we have need of you we need more and more of you lord lord we desire that your word will come and become part of us lord that will we become the word as we receive the word father visit us as you have been with us already through the songs father may you continue with us for the remainder of the service Father, we have opened the sacred book. Father, Lord, we would like to read from it, Lord, Father. But may you come and give the context. May you give us, give us the thought that pertain to our life. May you come and expand the word, Father. Lord, touch our soul as never before, Lord. We don't want to take this time as formality, but we want it to become a reality with sincerity in our heart, Father. Forgive us where we fail, you, Lord. But may you, Father, Lord, help us, the blood of Jesus Christ, to cleanse us, that we can have true fellowship with you, Lord. God you know the needs among us Father whatever need is whether it is healing whether it is salvation a closer walk in each and every one of us we desire a closer walk with you Father May you come and visit us, Lord, we pray. Remember, Brother Ray, Lord, and the trial that you is going through. May you, Father, Lord, just surrender, wrap your love, your arms of love around him, Lord. Nothing happens by chance. You know You knew everything, Father. Just comfort them, Lord. As Brother mentioned earlier, when one member suffers, we all suffer, Lord. Lord, we keep them, uphold them in prayer, Lord. We, we bless your name and commit them to you. We commit the whole of service to you as well, Father. Remember, our pastor, Lord may continue to use him for your glory Father as you is as, as ministering for the bride on the other side. Lord we commit them to you in the name of Jesus Christ we pray as you are visiting other churches may you come and visit us Lord we have need of you Lord Father we have no ability of our own we just rely on the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We have done our part in the mechanic. Let the dynamic come Father and take over we pray Lord as we surrender ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. 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 Let's go to Genesis 18, 24. Genesis 2, verse 18, 24. The Bible says the scripture that's read many a time, and the Lord, the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meat for him. And out of the ground the Lord, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called, every living creature that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was no found and help meet for him. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. May God bless his word. You can have a seat. From the Holy Scripture we can see that all animals, God took the different grounds to make the, the... the female part. He had to take every part for he, he will create. Brother on marriage and divorce, he will, create, he will show that the woman is, was a byproduct. So for every animal, he will take, he will t- he will take the ground and will form the male, will form the female, will take from the male, from the female, from every gun. But for the man, for the woman, he had to make the man fall sleep and then take a part of the man to make the woman. So they take the part of the man to make the woman. So she was actually man, just in a different form. It was a part of the man. That what was that mystery there. He didn't have to take the helpmate that he had to create, and then to take it from something else, he has to take from the same man, the perfect man that he had created there, to take the woman out of that man. What a great mystery out of it. Amen. I'll just go into my subject this evening already. I would like to this morning rather. I would like to speak on the presenting the bride, the lamb's wife. Ephesians 5:25, 30, 33, a scripture that we all know and very familiar with it, but I would read from it from the Amplified Versions, if you don't, don't mind. It says, husband, love your wives, seek the highest good for her, surround her with a caring, unselfish love, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify the church, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word of God, so that in turn he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor, So the purpose for all doing that was to present to himself that church in a glorious splendor. That's all the work. That's why surrounding of our love. That's why it's doing all the work. So that he can present the church to himself in a glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she she will be holy, set apart from God and blameless for God and blameless. Even so husbands should and should and are morally obligated to love their own wives as being in a sense their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own body, but instead he nourishes it and protects and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Amen. Because we are members or part of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined and be faithfully devoted to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." Amen. So Paul is quoting the scripture that we just read in Genesis, and he's quoting that. This is what it was meant there. And then he says, Yeah, that's for that reason that the man shall leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined and be faithfully devoted to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Amen. This mystery of two becoming one is great but I'm speaking with reference to the relationship of Christ and the church, amen. That great mystery is great, is tremendous. Why? Because it's speaking about Christ and the church, amen. And this morning I would like to talk, if you allow me to talk about that, the relationship between Christ and the church. I won't be talking about marriage and divorce, <laughs> Especially when the pastor is not here, that's not the right time to preach that at all, even if he was not. So it's not um, not going to go in marriage and divorce. But I just want to, to look a little bit at the, at the time we are living, just to see the great love of God expressed to the bride and what God has done in our lives and how we should ourselves just think of his great love that he has bestowed towards us. Amen. To be prior, to be part of the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Revelation twenty-one, one to nine. And I saw a new heaven and new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. I John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Talking again about the relationship. She's adorned for her husband, not for someone else, for her husband. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? No, you don't know. I'm, I'm included already in a relationship with my husband. It's a love story. It's a love affair that I'm having with my husband. That's why I do that. That's why I do it. It's not about the law. It's not about do this and do that. It's a relationship that I have with my husband. I'm living for him. I want to be with him. I want to live for him. I want his purpose to be accomplished in my life. I want him to have the full preeminence upon my whole life. That's what the message is about, amen. The message for them to live, to have that relationship with a husband, the word of God, amen. amen. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with, is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God, Yes, that time is coming where He will be together with Him. But spiritually speaking, he's already tabernacle in our heart. It's already tabernacle in the bride. It's already having preeminence in the bride. Amen. Come back to that later. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Oh, what a tremendous time it's going to be when He wipes away all our tears, all our suffering, all our trials we are going through, all our misunderstanding, things we don't understand, or but he knows every situation. He knows every trial you are going through. He knows, he knows what you are going through. But one time, he'll wipe away all the tears. Oh, my little bride, I love you so much. If you knew that I love you, oh God, I'm looking forward for that day to be together with my love. Oh Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. He knows. You have one of them. No separation, no parting away, no sickness, no death, none of those things. Just to be living. Amen. Sorry, I get emotional and I talk about it. Amen. Amen. Shall wipe away all from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. For the former things are passed away in the new land. There's none of those things. We live eternally in peace with our Lord. None of those things. Oh, Satan is defeated and is already defeated. Amen. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold... I will make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega. Oh, you know, sometimes it has become my favorite scripture now. These days, it has become my favorite speech. I'll just put Revelation 10, or Revelation 18, and just playing there. And goes when when that Babylon is defeated. The Babylon is defeated. Babylon is defeated. And then it goes to the relationship with the bride, and it's just talking about my new land where I'm going. So God, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm longing for. That's where my part is. I'm just a pilgrim here. That's where I'm going. It should be the cry for every believer. Amen. It is done. I am half, I am and the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son by the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and warmongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars who shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstorm which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Amen. Amen. I believe all my heart that we are living in the season of the presentation of the bride. Presentation of the wife of God. God presented the wife to Adam, to Adam as we read. And the revelation the wife of the lamb is also being presented the revelation at the hand, the, the wife of the Lamb is also being presented. Just a thought. I was just thinking, why? And it's just me. of just thinking, why? Why, why calls her the, the the Lamb's wife? Why the Lamb's wife? Why not any other title? Why not any? Why, why why not the lion's? Why not the lion's wife? Why not the the high priest's wife? Why not all these things? But just the Lamb's wife. Just kept in my hand. I don't have an answer, but just I put that question to you too. Why call her the Lamb's wife? Maybe because of grace. Maybe just grace. God, God wants that, that, that nature of grace and grace upon the wife. I just say, Praise be to God. I just want to be the Lamb's wife, part of the Lamb's wife. The prophet said, God, the prophet says, and what does it take to make a Christian life? And most of my thoughts will be taken for the choosing of the bride, the message, the choosing of the bride. But here, in the what does it take to make a Christian life? The prophet says, If the church of the living God, which is the pillar of the truth, God intended this church to be a powerful church, a glorious church, a church that the whole world will look upon as a bride of Christ, well accepted and espoused, and to live in such an atmosphere and conduct itself in such a way that the, and he didn't finish the sentence, then prophet says, God will be proud of this church to present it to Christ at the coming of the Lord. God will be proud of this church to present it to the Christ at the coming of the Lord. It is God's intention to present the church. It's God's intention and desire to present the bride to himself in a glorious way. Amen. That's God. And he's proud of of the bride. He's proud of the church. Amen. The true church is proud of her because he knows her characteristics. He knows that she will reflect him. He knows that she's pure. Amen. He, shall, he should live, and the prophet continues the same code, he should live in that, in that characteristics in the church and he should be living that way. But we found out that many times that with good intentions that people are trying to make themselves act like Christians. They are trying to say, well, now I'm thus and I must live this way. And I believe in the continuing of that God, but just to see that God' intention, God' desires, want to present the bride to Christ at His coming. And we are living in the season of the coming of the Lord. We are living in the season of the coming of the Lord. We know the mystery, the ministry of Brother Branham is a parallel of the ministry of Eliezer. Eliezer's ministry was to take and to look for the bride, to look for that bride. But also the final work of him was to present that bride. To the bridegroom. So the bride of Banham couldn't go without presenting that bride to the bridegroom. He has to present that bride to the bridegroom. Is it the man doing that? It's God using a man to present that bride to the bridegroom. Isn't that marvelous that it's God who realized that it is not good for a man to be alone? might say, but Adam Adam had so many things. He had so many animals. He had so many things, all different things. He could see the marvelous, the wonderful things that he could see in the garden. All the different things. But calls him alone. He's still alone. No matter what he has, a man is still alone. If he doesn't have, don't want to go there. but I'm talking spiritually speaking. It's helped me this morning because it's going to be hard. Yeah, we are human beings, we think in our heart, in our, in our flesh, oh, this is natural, this is natural. Not everything is natural. So help me this morning, amen? I'm talking about a spiritual thing. Even the words that the prophet is using, if you don't take it in natural, you might go carnal, but let's try to stay a little bit on the spiritual, if you can help me. Is it okay this morning? So Adam, no matter what he was, no matter what he had, no matter what he could see, no matter his status, no matter how he's in the perfect garden and in everything, but he was still alone. Amen. He was still alone. It's a type of God himself. Having the angels, having all the glory, having all that he could, but God himself, God himself was alone. God Himself was feeling that that, that 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 feeling that I'm alone. I need a bride. I need someone. I need someone. And that was portrayed through Adam that he could see that why he could understand what Adam was going through because that the same thing that himself had. That's why he could understand what Adam was going through and say, I'm going to give him a helpmate. I'm going to give him a helpmeet. And God gave to Adam a helpmate showing what he's going to do for himself. Because Himself is founding Himself alone. Not even though the angels are praising Him, even though He has the glory in heaven there, but He was still alone until He gets Himself a bride. For me, it's just amazing. So I believe the whole redemption story is a redemption. The whole redemption story is a story of marriage. The whole redemption story is a story of marriage. I believe that we are greeting in that great time where this great mystery of redemption is being made plain to us, especially after the opening of the word, the breaking of the seven seals. It just shows that all the redemption story is a story of love that 's why the prophet, when he 's preaching the message the kinsman redeemer, he says, "When a man loves a woman and marries her because she 's just pretty, there will be an end to that. But when a man finds a woman that he loves, he, he doesn 't know why, but he loves her, and she finds a man that she loves, no matter what he looks like, he loves her, she loves him that 's an eternal mate in glory that 's what the, is he talking about the kinsman redeemer. But it's pointing to that that love is eternal. Because if you find really true wife, that wife not even death cannot separate them from them. We say that until death, but actually, if it's a true wife, even death cannot separate it, they can separate you because it is an eternal relationship. Quoting the prophet says, Death no, nothing else can ever separate them because they are from eternity. They stepped out in the space of time and will return back to eternity. Eternity has dropped down in a body called time, then goes right back up into eternity again. It cannot perish. Now think about it that yourself you cannot perish as long as you are part of that relationship with God. You can never perish as God can never perish. Oh, the bride of the Lord Jesus, you can never perish as God can never perish, because you come back, you come from God and you're going back to God. You might wonder, but Brother Moses, why do you think that the mystery of the plan of redemption was about marriage? Even Paul is referring to it, that's what we just read in Ephesians 5. He says, this is a great mystery. I speak concerning Christ and the church. The great mystery, and we are still unfolding there. That, that the great mystery is still unfolding. That's the great mystery of God. Is the mystery of Christ and the church. Amen. Oh, I don't know which way to go, is it teach or a preacher? But let just the Lord lead, man. Yeah. So Paul is quoting Genesis 2, as I say quoting Genesis 2 about the mystery of Christ and the church. So in Genesis 1, the prophet Adam was prophesizing about Christ and the church. As Adam the prophet is saying that, that this is why, that's for the reason, that's for that reason that the man shall leave, the, the, shall leave, shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to the woman. It's actually Adam is being a prophet, he's prophesizing about the relationship, about Christ and the bride. That's why God, Christ has to leave, has to leave heaven, has to leave heaven, has to leave his father, has to come down to the level of the wife in order for that marriage to happen, yet to come down and to have that relationship. So even since Genesis, it was already talking about the marriage relationship between Christ and the bride. Isn't that amazing that you can see actually the two books that the devil hates and the two books are talking about the marriage relationship. He's talking about the marriage relationship in Genesis. He's talking about relationship in Revelations. And what we see in Revelation is just the fulfillment of what was in the desire in Genesis. And we are part of the fulfillment of what was already prophesied in Genesis. Oh, glory to God. I'm skipping something. All through and above, this great mystery has to be unfolding, and now we are getting the full manifestation of it. John the Baptist recognized that he was only the friend of the bridegroom. In John three twenty-nine, 29, it says, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the, of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy therefore is fulfilled. And John the Baptist recognized that I'm not the bridegroom. I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. But the bride is actually belonging to the bridegroom. So in the, in the Genesis, in the middle of the Bible, at the end of the Bible, is about that relationship between the bride and the bridegroom. Paul himself has recognized this in 2 Corinthians 11 to 3. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband." That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Once again, presentation of the bride. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. For I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupt from the, corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And it's still, it's still a burden that the, the bride, should, her mind should not be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. There's a simplicity that is in the message, amen. It's a great mystery, but it's so simple. That's why people miss it. That's why people, that's how sometimes in the flesh we miss it, because it's so simple, amen. The prophet Barnum has performed, I believe, the prophet Barnum, what Paul could not pre- could not reproduce there, because we see that Paul espoused only the bride. He espoused, that he espoused the church to Christ, but he didn't bring the church into the full marriage relationship, with the bridegroom. Yeah. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. The prophet says, choosing of the bride. I'll put a pause there a little bit here. He says, if the spiritual, the natural, is a type of the spiritual, then the choosing of the bride in the natural is a type of choosing a bride, the bride in the spiritual. Now, it's a serious thing when we go to choose a wife, a man, For the vows here is until death do we part. That how we should keep it, and you take that vow before God, that only death will separate you. And I think we should, a man in his right mind that is planning a future, that should choose that that wife very carefully. Be careful what you're doing, and a man choosing a husband or accepting the choice of. Of a husband should be real careful what she's doing. What she's doing, especially in these days, a man should think and pray before he chooses his wife. And we should and we should study what we're doing when we are going to get married, when we choose our wife or our husband. If we study it over, if we will study it over, a man should pray earnestly. For he could ruin, ruin his entire life. Remember, the vow is until death do we part. If, we could, if he could ruin his life by making the wrong choice, but if he knows what in making the wrong choice and is marrying a woman that isn't, that isn't fit to be his wife, he does it anyhow, then that is his fault. The prophet put in the background the choosing of the bride. Says it's something that is serious, something that is important, something that you have to take seriously, something that you have to pray about. Don't take it lightly that like in this generation where we see people just taking lightly or just trying. Or let me try. If it works out, if it doesn't work out, I can change. That's why we see all those in the world, all those relationships going in a different directions. Because that, 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 that putting the word of God aside. But it's a decision we have to take very carefully. It's something you have to pray about. It's something you have to study. It's something that God has to speak to you. I don't know I say I don't want to go in the natural, but. It's something, God, you have to be born again. You have to know how God speaks to you. You can't go and and, and entertain the idea of marriage if, if yourself are not saved yet. You don't know how God speaks to you. You don't have a personal strong relationship with God. Don't even go there. First, God, speak to me. Show me. I want it to be born again myself. I want my relationship with you to be strong. Then I can start another relationship here. But my relationship with you has to be very, very strong. Because when things won't happen here, I'll come back to that relationship. When things are going right in this direction, I'll still stay in connections with you. Because that's where I'm going. I'm going over there. And if the woman takes a husband and knows that he's not fit to be a husband to you, then that's your own fault. After you know that what is right and wrong. So you shouldn't do it until you thoroughly pray through. The same applies by choosing a church. Now you must pray over the church that you are fellowshipping in. Remember, churches carry a spirit. And put that in the spiritual center, the same thing for the church. So pray seriously about your church as well. Don't follow friends. Don't follow families. Don't follow. It has to be a prayer. prayer. God, speak to me. Show me. Because that's where my final destination is. It depends on. I need to find a place where I'm fed spiritually. God, show me. Amen. It's something you take very seriously. But as I put that just base, I just want to change it. But the difference between the relationship between Adam and Eve and our relationship with the prophet is describing here, Adam didn't have to pray to have the wife. God gave him just the wife. God gave him the wife and he didn't have to choose. God presented the wife to him. He didn't have to choose. The wife was presented. And he recognized, he had the revelation. He was a prophet. He could recognize that it was part of him. And he recognized that. But he didn't have to pray. But when the, when, he, when, when the wife fell and he followed the wife, he took that justification, you know, God, is the wife that you gave me. And God says, you know, now from now on, you have each one has to pray. It's still God who has to show you, amen? But you have to go through prayers, amen? You have to go through prayers. But what is the great things in the spiritual realm is here. God being, as we heard on Sunday, last Sunday, God is infinite, so when he chooses his wife, he knows that she's not going to fall. When God chooses the, wife, the bride for this last age, he knows that the bride of the last age will not fall. That's why he can choose you, that's why he can choose me, because he knows that we are not going to fall. John 15, 16, 19 says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I ordain you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. I have chosen, what is the purpose of God choosing us and ordaining us? Is that we should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And you were of the world, and the world would love his own. If you were of the world, the world would have loved his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. From all the different, different people, the millions or billions of people, now billions of people, God has chosen you out of that. God has chosen you. God has his eyes upon you. God has revealed your word, his word to you, that's the proof that God loves you. Oh, I still love that God. God's love is elective. The fact that God's love, is the fact that God has chosen you and called you, that expression of God's love towards you. Amen. Oh, I love the word. But I've chosen you of the world, therefore the world heard of you. So if the devil tries to discourage you, remind him, God has chosen me out of the world. But you are going to do different things. You are going to do different trials. God has chosen me out of the whole world. He had his eyes upon me, he has chosen me. I have my weaknesses, I have my here and there, I have my ups and downs, but he has chosen me. Because he has chosen me, he knows that I will make it. Because he has chosen me, he cannot change his choice upon me. Because he has already chosen me. (laughs) Amen. Oh glory to God! We know the story of that little girl that was was waiting, for, was 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 engaged. That rancher's, rancher's son coming from Chicago. She had a promise from that boy that I'm coming back from you. I'm coming back for you. She didn't have anything that she could show in the natural, that she was more beautiful than all our cousins. Our cousins were maybe in the natural, they were maybe more beautiful than her. They could put, they have different clothes, they could maybe make themselves prettier than her. But the boy was looking for character. And when he met her, she was in the middle of working and he found that character. He says, I've been observing you. I've been looking at you. And I saw that you are the virtuous wife I've been looking for. I'm not being attracted by the other things, but I've been attracted by your character. I've been attracted by the, in the spiritual realm. I've been attracted by the seed that I put inside of you. But I'm not worthy. I don't think you should approach me. But God wants that seed inside of you. That what God is looking at it, And that's what we have to put emphasis on. Not on the flesh, but what God has put inside of us. And he gave us a promise. I'm coming back for you. And she started getting ready herself. She started making you ready herself. Little thing that she could save you. She could save you. She could save you. Oh, I just want to focus because my husband is coming. My husband is coming. The denominational cousin start mocking, making fun of her. Do you think that he really gave you a promise? Do you think he's going to come back for you? For really, you, you are not worthy to be the wife of that, of that boy. He's a rich boy. He promised me. I'm waiting for him. Oh, praise be to God, expression of the bride in this time. I'm just waiting for him. Is coming back for me. Amen. I'm putting everything aside and I'm making myself ready for him. The bride, the lamb's wife is making herself ready for the bridegroom. Amen. I'm making myself ready. That's why I pray. That's why I come to church. That's why I read my Bible days and nights. That's why I'm listening to the message. Because I'm making myself ready for my husband. Amen. And one day, and she was waiting for him with those little flowers, just waiting for him. They had one mock. They didn't know the time. She, didn't, she, she knew that he was going to come. He promised her that he will come on that day. In the season of the coming, we are just waiting. And anytime soon, we are going to see the chariot coming. Amen. And we'll be taken home. Amen. Amen. The prophet says, choosing of the bride again. The kind of woman that the man will choose will reflect his ambitions and his character. If a man chooses the wrong woman, it reflects his character. And what he ties himself to shows truly what is in him. A woman reflects what in the man when he chooses her for wife. It chooses what's down in him. No matter what he says outside, watch what he marries. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Certainly, in the natural, you cannot pretend that I'm saying, "No, <laughs> I'm going to go naturally a little bit of it, brother. I'm so spiritual. I'm so spiritual. I'm going to marry the, a woman from the world, a prostitute. I will make her a Christian. Don't worry. I doubt you." <laughs> Oh, he's he's such a nice boy. He's going to be fine. Okay. But isn't that wonderful that God put in something inside of you and me that he knew that he's going to come to the final destination? Because he's the God who's infinite. He knows what will happen. He knows that he can never lose you. Amen. As you are going through those steps, he's taking you and he's a, maybe in whatever state you have been, he's taking you, he's washing you, he's working on you. He knows what the final destination will come. But how can he choose me? I don't, I don't feel like I'm reflecting his character. I don't feel like I'm fitting this coat of the prophet when I can say, I don't feel like, God, I'm not reflecting you yet. I know you're not reflecting me yet, but I'm working on you. There will be a time where you are going to reflect me exactly, and I will be proud to present this bride to myself as a glorious bride. Because God looks inside the heart. He looks for the seed of God, the seed in you, and it shows God's ambitions. It shows God's character. Like the woman at the well, he has to wash her first with the word of God. <laughs> A pastor showed that, that, that clip so good as I was talking to her. And she, she's going on the natural level. She's going on speaking on the natural level. But God was going deeper to touch her soul. Because once he touches her soul, he knows that the outside will change because her soul has been touched by the word of God. Now I'll change a little bit here. The prophet says, and "The spoken word is the original seed." I'll ask you a question: Why didn't all your reigns and back yonder bring the bride to Christ? I want you to answer me that his coming is overdue. We believe it, like it was in the days of Noah. Long suffering is getting his bride ready. Why didn't these reigns, He's talking about. Then says, "Why didn't you Pentecostal back yonder a few years ago?" When you started 40, 50 years ago, why didn't you bring Christ, the bridegroom, to the bride? Why didn't you bring Christ, the bridegroom, to the bride? Going to let that soak a minute, the prophet himself. I'm going to let that soak a minute. Why? Because you pregnant, you pregnant her yourself with your denomination. That's exactly what you've done. He won't marry a war, he will marry a virgin. It's flat but that's the truth. You know in a flat way you don't have to wonder. I don't stumble around about it. Tell you the truth. Why didn't bring her? Why didn't bring Christ? Bring Christ to her because she's not fit. He found her in adultery. In other words, Pentecostal couldn't bring the true marriage. Luther couldn't bring the true marriage. Wesley could not bring the true marriage. Pentecostal could not bring the true marriage. But there is something that is going to bring the true marriage. Because all the other ones, they have tried to put their own seed inside of it. They have hybrided it. And it's not pure anymore. That God cannot touch it. God wants a pure virgin bride. Amen. And we're going to get to that. And the prophet says, works is faith expressed. God to the Pentecostal church of this day, the restoration of gift, may God those men, maybe some of them present here, some of them hearing the tape around the world, may they realize that this is the calling out of the bride, not a Pentecostal message. So what we have received is not just a message from an evangelist, in an American evangelist, or a certain pastor in America, it's the calling of the bride. <laughs> It's the message that is coming to call out the bride for a spiritual union, for a spiritual union with the bridegroom, for a marriage with the bridegroom, to be pregnant by the bridegroom himself. He said, the Pentecostal message was to restore the gift back in the church, but this is the calling forth of the bride. Another message that was to come just before Sodom was to be buried, burned. Let them understand, your God, faith. I believe this because it's revealed by your spirit through his word of God and has been vindicated and made manifest to the whole world. Amen. Oh, we thank the Lord for that. Prophet, if you read the message, the spoken words in the original seed, the prophet will put that power many times. He says God presented, oh, I'm paraphrasing it. God presented the bride Eve to Adam, but before Adam could get to Eve, she was already pregnant by the devil. And we repeat that many times, many times, before the church, before God could come to the church, the nominal church, she was already pregnant by the own denomination, by her own ideas, by all the different things. So God cannot take that bride, cannot take because she has already been touched by someone else. I said, so that's why we need a bride that is virgin, a bride that is pure. And God is going to present a bride that is pure and adulterated to himself. How is he going to do that? Through the washing of the word of God. How is he going to do that? By the cleansing of the word of God. How is he going to do that? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. It says, now... It's so, don't say, it says, the reason that God, the reason that Adam's bride, there are the three, Adam, Christ, and God. The reason that Adam's bride never did bear right, the life, the life child, is because she disbelieved God's word. Is that right? Say Amen. The reason that Jehovah's wife was put away or his bride, it was because she rejected God's words, the prophet. That's right. The reason that Christ's bride is put away in divorcement is because she has rejected the word of God like Eve did, like the rest of them did. Amen. Exactly. All wars, all polluted, their husband couldn't get to them. They were already pregnant before the husband got to them. God is at the pitiful sight. Think of a young man coming to a woman and find her with seed of some other man in her. What a thing that! What God has done, that what Adam done, that what Christ has done. Oh yes, the spoken word is the original seed. Before he came to her, Satan has already polluted there, but God made a change there. Before Joseph could come to Mary, he already found Mary pregnant by the Holy Ghost. That son was not coming from a man, it was the son that came from God Himself. God created Jesus Christ inside of Mary, it didn't come from any man, it didn't come even from Mary. It was God created cells inside of Mary. That's what God did to show the devil that now death has no power upon this son of God. And that son was created, he was the perfect son of God. It's out of that son of God that God took the bride out of that son of God. Praise be to God. To show a type that in the last age now, it's going to be a bride before Satan could come into the bride, God will come into the bride now. That's why I like to be pregnant by the word of God. (laughs) The type of the difference between Eve and Mary was that Mary could respond to the word of God, let it be done to me according to your word. The same word that was circulating for almost 700 years found a womb where it could be pregnant in and then it gave fruit to that and gave gave life to the Son of Jesus Christ, the Son Jesus Christ. The same thing in this last age is now a bride that will open a womb of a heart to the Word of God. God, the Word of God for my age, I just opened the womb of my heart for you to come and dwell inside of me. Let the word be born in the manger of my heart, Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word, Lord. Mary could not produce anything of her own. The only thing she had to do is to say, let it be done to me according to your word. You cannot produce eternal life for yourself. The only thing you can do, God, let your word have the full preeminence in my heart. I cannot do it on my own. I'm weak here. I'm weak here. But let your word have the full preeminence upon my heart. I accept your word. How do you become the word? accept the word of God. Believe the word of God. I want to take the pressure out of yourself. Sometimes you put too much pressure on yourself. I have to do this. I have to do this. Yes, you have to do certain things to do. But the ultimate work is God himself doing the work. Is your attitude towards the word of God. God, I want your word to have the full preeminence in my heart. I will do my part. But the dynamic has to take it over. So the prophet will use that expression. I'm glad God took over me before the denomination took over me. We are living in a season. Uh, Pastor Hall used to say, he preached one message one time. says, and they always stayed with me. We are living in a season where the womb is open. Be careful of what comes into that womb because it's already ready. It can be pregnated by anything, but let the word of God come and pregnant the womb of my heart. Let the word of God come and pregnant the womb of my heart. Spoken word, the original seed. Pick up the pen. Love letter to the bride. The first time was spoken seed, word of God. It was given a bride. I'm just reviewing. The prophet said, the spirit now is picking up what I said. "'Bride to produce himself, she fell. "'See, the bride was given to produce himself again, "'another son of God, but she fell by hybriding. "'See, produced himself, but she fell, caused him to die. "'The second son, the spoken seed, "'Word of God was given to a bride given like Adam, "'was given a bride like Adam, "'but before he could marry her, she had fallen also, "'but she was put to a free moral agency.' Like Adam's wife was to believe God's word and live and doubt and eat and die. And she did. Then from a little group of the seed of the word. Then Proverbs say, God will present Christ, a beloved bride, a virgin, a virgin of his word. And through them and by them will be fulfilled all that has been promised for his word in the virgin who knows no man-made creeds or dogma. The word of promise in himself, like it was in Mary, God himself made manifest. The exposition of Seventh Church said the word is in the bride as it was in Mary. The word is in the bride as it was not. Was it in Mary? She just accepted the word of God. And that word of God came inside of her and it started manifesting her. Mary started looking for certain things. I have a desire for certain things. I want to eat anything. But you have not been with another man. No, but the Holy Ghost, I accepted the word of God. Just accepting the word of God. Now it's working through me. I see a difference in my body. I see a difference in my I used to love those things, but I don't love them anymore. How is it? I just accepted the word of God. And the word inside of me is doing the work. But you used you go a different place. You don't go there anymore. I used to love those things, but I don't love them anymore. I have a different desire. How come? I just opened my womb to the Word of God, and the Word came inside of me and it changed me. Amen. It says the Word of Promise itself, like it was God Himself made manifest. He will act Himself. By his own word of promise, so to fulfill all that has been written of him, as he did when he came from the virgin womb. Type of the spiritual womb now, so will the virgin now, as he did when he came from the virgin womb. Oh, type, so will the virgin now, accepting his word, be it unto me as thou hast said, though it was said by an angel, White was yet the written word, Isaiah 9, 6, they will love him, love him, and will have, will have his potential, for he is their head. I like that. So we will, the bride will have his potentials. Not your own potential, his potentials. And they are subject, subject to his head. Headship of Christ was his. Notice what harmony Jesus never did anything until sin of the Father, or the Father showed him first. Harmony between God and Christ. That's a very important thing. Harmony between God and Christ. In a marriage, it's good to see a husband and a wife being in the same harmony. You know, when we get married at the beginning, it's a bit of romance and everything, but you're still shaping your wife to get, to get your mind, right? She, she. But sometimes you see the old couple, you envy them. You know, they, don't, they don't look very romantic, but they're very stable. <laughs> very stable. The, the husband will just do some, whatever, some, something, the wife knows what he's thinking. She can catch what he thinks. She, she can know what he's going to say. That's amazing. Wow, how come? They have been together for a long time. They know each of them so well, so well. That's where the bride is bringing us to. It's not only the bride, it's now the lamb's wife. She knows the mind of Christ. She knows what he's thinking. She captures what he knows. She's acting upon what he knows that he likes. That's where they, that's the purpose of the marriage. It's not only the, uh, the, the it, it's the mind. <laughs> and the prophet will get so will the bride. And he shows her his word of life. He shows, he shows her and she receives it. She never doubts it. Nothing can harm her, not even death. For if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up again. Then at God, then I got a great big hallelujah. And he says, here is the secret. God that we know very well. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. The bride has the mind of Christ for she knows what he wants done with the word of God. In every situation the bride knows, oh I know what my husband will do here. If a woman is just doing her own thing, she has her own program, she's no 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 that, that, that's that's not a marriage. <laughs> that's not a marriage. <laughs> That's so true. Helped me to come back to that state. (laughs) God bless you, sister. (laughs) That's what Vashti did, right? She was married to the king, and she is having her own program and her own party and whole thing. Oh, then, then, the, then the king says, that's not, that's not the wife that I want to have. No, put her away. I want the wife who's following my program, who's following my desires. What I want, that's what she's doing. I want the wife who have the mind of Christ. And how do you get the mind of Christ? By the word of God. Because the word of God is the mind of Christ. How do you know what you want? Stay with the word of God. The message is here to give us the mind of Christ. I have two thoughts I would like to develop a little if the Lord allows. The it says Christ is now taking oh, let's just finish that quote because it's so wonderful. It says they Just help me just to read it. We know it, but it's good to read it. And she does it in his name. She has that saved the Lord. Then it is gematized, so the Holy Spirit waters it until it is grown and serves its purpose. They do only his will. Amen. I believe that no one can persuade them different. They have that saved the Lord or they keep still. Then they will do the works of God for it is himself in them continuing his word to fulfill as he did complete in his days. All things when he was here, he did not complete all when he was here for it was not time yet. So there is a part left for the bride. Does the bride have a ministry? Yes, she has a ministry. Because she had to continue the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't finish all work. You have a work. The wife has the work. God is marrying the bride in order to fulfill his own work. But now it's God working to the bride. Amen. God is giving to Adam a helpmate. That's the original thought. The helpmate. Someone to help Adam. Not to do something different from Adam. But a thing that Adam can do. Now it's her dream. Many men are not good cook. Blessed are the wife who have good cooks, but many men are not good cook. But the wife, when she's doing that nice work, mm, glory to the man. <laughs> <laughs> Working through the wire. <laughs> yeah. It was not you, I'm sorry, I just... But at the same thing, God is doing the work through the bride. Continuing the same work through the bride. Not different work, but the same work through the bride. Amen. Now, Christ is now taking himself, the spoken word original seed. Christ is now taking himself a bride to be pregnated with his own seed word in a womb spirit word. In our mind and won't mix it with any denomination trash with which she is a virgin to him. The prophet here is not putting in the future, he's saying Christ is now taking himself a bride. God will have a bride, he has a bride. Now, the bride is being prepared, is being pregnant. The question that is asked, oh, I can ask my naughty, I'm putting. The question that I can ask, at what stage is she being pre Think about it. At what stage is the bride being pregnated If you say the church is in courtship and she's being pregnated it will break the scripture. It will break the word of God. It is not allowed. She cannot be pregnant in courtship. While I'm here, let me just say here, some believers are living with God in a courtship experience. Oh, I believe the message of God, but just from time to time we meet, we, we just talk a little bit, Sunday, Wednesday, that's all, it's a courtship relationship, but, but no further than that, I don't, I don't... I'm not even sure if it's going to work. I'm not sure. I'm just, I found a group where I'm going there, but you know, that's all I have. That's not that. God wants you to be pregnant, God wants me to be pregnant. And it's not, you cannot do that through the courtship experience. No, it will break, break the word of God. You cannot go through that. Or some of them, I'm, I'm just engaged. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit further. I'm just engaged, you know. I'm, I'm engaged, but no further than that. He's doing his own business. I'm doing my own business. I'm staying on my corner. He's staying on his corner. You know, we, we we cannot even hold hands, not with God. But God wants something further, deep than that. If you are already in that relationship, I'm not trying to condemn. He, um, because everybody is, is at a different stage right a different stage but as long as you are going keep going keep going keep going don't stop keep going but just I'm just to remind you uh, don't stop at the courtship relationship <laughs> don't stop at the engagement relationship it's good but don't stop at the, oh, I got baptized and I'm, you know but that's all God wants a further relationship with him communion with him the word inside of you it's part of me i just pray that no one misses what i'm saying here because i'm a the congregation but god i want you in my heart i want you deep in my heart i want i want to bury you in my heart deep inside of me I cannot live without you. I, I want you in type of me. That the word of God become a reality inside of me. It's not an obligation repair. I don't want a shepherd I don't. I want you in my heart. I want to maintain that personal close relationship with you. That's where God wants the marriage to come. It's the time of presenting the bride, the lamb's wife. The church is engaged and she finds herself pregnant. If the church was engaged and she finds herself pregnant, it will also pray, break the scripture. That's the reason Joseph wanted to put away Mary, although they were espoused, because it's not allowed. The church was espoused to Christ through Paul, but, she, but, but, she, if she's, but if she's found with a child at that time, it's not of God. She will be put away. She cannot be married to Christ. The millennium is the honeymoon. So what the prophet says, he says, the millennium is the honeymoon that's called in the future home of the heavenly bridegroom and the earth. That's called to his wedding supper of the Lamb. These thousand years of millennium reign to them enter into the city after the honeymoon is over. The millennium is merrily the honeymoon. So if the millennium is in the future, how can the bride be pregnant now? Good question, is indeed. At least it was for me. How can the bride be pregnant now? The bride is not pregnant in the millennium unless you go to those strange doctrines where we are, people saying we are already in the millennium. We are not in the millennium. It reminds me of Pastor Harold, who was making kind of a joke. Someone told me, oh, Brother, we are already in the millennium and that person happened to be (laughs) bald. The pastor just said, and you're in a millennium, you are still (laughs) bald? The pastor said he was kind of teasing him, so. (laughs) That was was a good one, though. (laughs) The prophet says, proving his word, if that day the Son of Man will be revealed to join the church to the, he, to the head, unite the marriage of the bride. The bridegroom call will come right through this when the Son of Man will come down and come in human flesh to unite the two together. The church has to be the word. He is the word and the two unites together. And to do that, it will take the manifestation of the revealing of the Son of Man. Not a clergyman. Do you see what I mean? It's the Son of Man. Jesus Christ will come down in human flesh among us. He will make his word so real till it will unite the church and him as one, the bride. And then she will go home to the wedding supper. She's already united. See, we go to the wedding supper, not to the marriage. Fill your flesh, self, and all flesh of mighty men. Because the marriage of the Lamb has come. The rapture is going to the wedding supper. The rapture is going to the wedding supper. When the word here unites with that person and they two become one, then what does it done? It manifests the Son of Man again, not the church theologian. The Son of Man, the Word, and the church becomes one. Amen. So the, the marriage ceremony is happening now. That we are going through the marriage happening now, and the rapture is only going to the wedding ceremony. Amen. So now, if the marriage is happening now, the Bible says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. It's the time of rejoicing. It's a time of happiness. Amen. It's a time where we, we are happy to be married to Christ now, because it's a time happening now. The bridegroom was ready. There was a time when the bridegroom was ready, But now is the time when the bride is getting ready, amen. And I believe the bride is getting ready and ready more. Anytime soon, we'll be home, amen. Amen. Like Esther, she was making herself ready. Like Rebecca, she was making herself ready, amen. Oh, praise be to God. You know, in a marriage ceremony, if you see a marriage ceremony, everything is so nice. But that few, not few moments, but... Everything is so great, but that moment that just captures everything when the bride comes in, right? It's amazing how she comes, all the eyes upon the bride because she's being presented. So in this time of of marriage, we are being presented. We are walking with all the virtues, Showing to the world the lamb's wife. The lamb's wife in this type of marriage. I'm part of him. I'm part, what is the peace? You, you see that on that robe. Everything is upon that beauty of that robe that is coming on. And at that great moment where you see the preacher preach, the word of God is eternal. He makes him a few comments. And I'm talking the type of marriage here. We had one recently, so it's still fresh in our memories. Uh, The preacher is preaching and he's taking the word of God. And then there's exchange of vows. And and you see that love being expressed and all that. And then he he blesses them. And all all that is at the time we are living in. Amen. At the time we are living. But one of the precious moments that I, I personally like is when he says, Ladies and gentlemen. It is my honor for the first time to present to you me, or Madame and uh, Mr. <laughs> I like that moment so much because that's the time that is happening now. This is the first time that I'm presenting to you Madam and Mrs. Jesus Christ. I couldn't call that the same, I couldn't couldn't call that before, but now this is the first time that I'm presenting to you Madam and Mr. Jesus Christ. And everybody is climbing. Oh, praise be to God. And at the time we are living now. That Brother Branham, after the opening of the word of God, he says, I don't call you church anymore, I call you bride. Amen. And you say that so many churches, there's so many churches, there are so many, there's so many he take example upon himself, there's so many good ladies and good sisters, but there's only one Mrs. Branham. That one I go home with. That's so many denominations, so many churches, but there is only one bride called Mrs. Jesus Christ. I want to be part of that one bride called Jesus Christ. That's why I'm making myself ready. And when they have that name, and as they go together, I'll be maybe, wanted to go, but I don't have time. Now they have the name. Whatever is signing, she's signing. Whatever she can sign, it's part of what he can, he can approve, that what she's signing is actually because she has my name. Now we have the name of Jesus Christ. What the prophet says, I'll just read what the prophet says here. He says, that everyone, there's one Mrs. Branham, Sitting here, you, every one woman, but there is one Mrs. William Branham. She's the one who goes home with him. She's the one who is my sweetheart. She's the one that is raising my children. There's many fine churches in the world today, but there is one Mrs. Jesus that's bringing forth the real, true, born-again creatures, creatures of God. You know what I mean, don't you? Her name is not Methodist, her name is not Baptist. her name is Jesus, Mrs. Jesus. I was saying uh, her name is not this camp in the message, this camp in the message, this camp in the message. The name is Mrs. Jesus Christ. Eve didn't have the name Eve before the fall. She was called Adam before. I don't want to be part of anything. I don't even want to be called a Branhamist. I want to be called a Christian. I want to be part of Jesus Christ. Because I'm married to Jesus Christ. She's bringing forth people, not members of the Methodist Church. She's not bringing forth Baptist Church or Presbyterian Catholic. She's bringing forth them born and rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. There she is. That's her. I'm so glad that I'm with her. She's a mystical Church, she don't have any denomination. She carries none of the great big fancy names or big buildings. She meets wherever the members of the body gathers together. They worship in spirit and truth. They were predestinated before the foundation of the world. And it's a good thought to remember that in the Jewish traditions, as they're being married there like that, Mary present them as wife, they don't go in the honeymoon right away. They don't go even to the wedding supper right away. They, in the Jewish tradition, they put them, they have to go in a separate room themselves and spend time together themselves. Spend time together themselves as a wife and a, wife and a husband. It's only after that, after seven, one week, then they come and present themselves to the people. They go to the wedding supper after that. I believe it is through that time that the union is happening that they know, they know that 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 they know. And I believe that the time that is happening now in the secret room as God has revealed his word now we are being united to him and spending time with him and spending time with him. Brother Barham says you make love with God. How? By praising his word, by accepting it. oh God I love your word. Your word is true. I accept it in my heart. I want to live with it. That how God is putting his word in your womb in that secret chamber far from anybody else god i want just to be with you the lamb's wife that's why in matthew 5 117 he was tell to the foolish virgin i don't know you they were done knocking. I don't know you. How you don't know him? You are God who is infinite because you are not part of the bride. I don't know you. And they have to skip some few things because of time. But the prophet says God is a lover. God is love. God so loved the world when they were unlovable that he gave his son to make them lovable. God wants to come down and make love to you. He's seeking, thirsting, hungering, trying to get to some of your stanching hearts to make love to him, to you as a love affair. Not a law, but a love. She's all in love. God loved the world. See, then in the personeness of Christianity, then you'll just take that and make love back to the Holy Ghost. How do you do that? Holy Spirit, your word is true. I'm not sick anymore. Even if you feel that you're sick, but you say, God, I believe your word. I'm not sick anymore. Your word says that I'm already healed. Oh God, I want, I, want, I want more of you. He says, I'm just getting better all the time. I thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, for your kindness to me. I'm constantly getting better each hour, each hour. Watch what takes place as you make love, as you brood, as you brood back to the Holy Spirit that's brooding to you through the word of God. The word of God is brooding to you. You are brooding back to God. God, I accept your word. As Mary said, let it be done to me. You also said, I accept your word. But you're still sick. I'm not sick anymore. I believe your word. But you're still there. No, I'm not that anymore. God is still working on me. I accept your word, God. Let your word be done upon my life. Change me. Mold me, Lord. Make me more like you. Amen. We should never neglect the time we spend with God in meditating the Word of God, in reading the Word of God, in listening to the Word of God, in spending time in the church, in being in the atmosphere. How is that? That's where God is pregnant His Word upon the womb of your heart before the wedding supper. We are not in the wedding supper yet, but while we are still on this side of the curtain of time, we might go through some trials, but it is all with the purpose. If he did not have a purpose, then he will be the author of frustration and not of peace. Like the trial we're going now, we might not understand why this, why this, but God is not the author of frustration, but he's but the author of peace. His purpose is that after... Is that after we have suffered a while, we will be made perfect, be established, strengthened, and settled. The prophet who says, and I like this the cloudy skies and storms of life are no signs of God's disapproval. Neither are bright skies and still waters signs of His love or approval. His approval of any of us is only in the beloved. Amen. His love is elective which he had for us before the foundation of the world. Does he love us? Oh, yes. But how shall we know? We shall know because he said so. And manifest that he did love us for he brought us to himself and he gave us of his spirit blessing us as sons. And how shall I prove my love to him? By believing what he said and by conducting myself with joy amidst the trials that He, in his wisdom allows to come. How can I express my love to you, God? By conducting myself in the midst of trials, but I still love you, Lord. I still praise you, Lord. I still thank you, Lord. I still thank you, even though I don't see the result yet. I still thank you, Lord, Father. I'm still working with you because you are working with me. In this time of the union, amen. Amen. Oh, praise be to God. The relationship that we are in is not a concubine relationship. You know, concubine in the Old Testament, you have concubine relationship. You're not on that, but concubine relationship is the relationship where the, 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 you've seen the Esther time Esther time when they called all they called all the virgins, they brought them all the virgins and they brought them there and the, the one that the, 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 the king didn't like, he became just a concubine yeah. someone put there on the side and whatever, whatever time the, the king would like them and they made the but they called them, that's not a marriage concubine has no marriage ceremony yeah. <laughs> But the bride there's a marriage ceremony yeah. <laughs> A concubine has, has no domain, has no place in the kingdom, but the bride has a domain in the kingdom. <laughs> Praise be to God. Praise be to God that we are not part of the concubine, we are part of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has already given you, he has given you a checkbook where you can put, It's already signed with his own name because you are part of him. Praise be to God. But you know, how was the difference, how was the difference? How, how do you become a concubine? let me just put it. How do you become a concubine? Is you go with your own ideas. You are not following Agai's, Agai's advices. But Esther, she was beautiful. But what made her fun favor of the king? Because she was following the advice of Agai. She was following the advice of the prophet. That's what we are. We have no merit of our own, but we are just following the advice of the prophet in our time. Oh, do you want to do that? I will do that. Do you want to do that? I will just do that. Do you want to do that? I will do that. Every other king, every other queen wanted to do the only thing according to their mothers where they were brought up. I want to do certain things according to how I was brought up. I know how my father used to, like maybe I'll do the, your father, is the king is not your father. The king has his own desires. You do what Egar is telling you because he knows what the king's like, and that the bride is just saying, I follow what the prophet is saying because he knows what the king likes. Rebecca was just following what Eliezer was saying because she knew that he knows what Isaac likes. That's what we are following, and that's what makes the difference between a concubine and a bride. And Esther became a bride. Amen. Was he only only the bride and stay the bride? She was growing that relationship with the bridegroom. She was growing. Maybe in her mind she would still have that concubine attitude, I would say, if you allow me to say that. You know, I cannot go to the I cannot go to the bridegroom. I cannot go to him. She was so scared to get in the presence of the king. But there was a, Mordecai was advising her. You can, you can go, you can go and talk to him. You can go and talk to your you can go and talk to your king. That's what I'm telling you this morning. You have a problem, you can go and talk to your king. You are not a concubine, you are the bride of Jesus Christ. Go in his presence and ask whatever you have need of. He's going to give to you. Let's go to Esther 8. Yeah. After all the story that we know, but give me just five minutes, I'll be finishing. The story of Esther, it was deep, maybe I will go that next time, but I'll just put it here. It will spoil the next service probably, but I feel like I can go and put a little bit here. A A relationship with the king was a relationship based on love. The king loved her. The king loved Esther more than she could think maybe how the king loved her. The king loved Esther more than anything. It was not what she could see Haman there. Haman wants to destroy her people. I believe Haman is the devil he wants to destroy our people. He wants to destroy our loved ones. He wants to destroy our families. He wants to destroy our health. He want to de- that, that is purpose. That was the purpose of Haman. He wants just to destroy the kingdom. He wants to destroy your domain. But you are not a concubine because you have your own domain. You have your own family. You have your own health. You have your own salvation. It's part of the domain that God has given to you. And when she discovered that... Oh, praise be to God. When she discovered that that the king loved her, that she had the royal scepter in her hand, now she could come back again in the presence of the king. And now she's telling the king, look what is happening to my family. Look what is happening to my people. And look now the answer of the king that is going to answer to her. That's good to be there myself. I'm not there. Esther 8, 7. And the king Aseris, said unto Esther the queen, and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Write ye also for the Jews, as it liketh you in the king's name, and seal it with the king's sin. And I like what it says. Write also for the Jews, as it liketh you. But when I'm going to say as he he likes that, me, that meditation of the word of God to, to uh, what Jesus Christ is saying, if you say to this mountain, not if he say to the mountain, if you say to the mountain, if you say to the mountain, that was King Esau is telling to this bride, if you, you write whatever you have need of, it already has my signature. I give you my signature in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you are sealed with the Holy Ghost, you are part of God. Amen. The same attitude was uh, Bathsheba. We know the story of Bathsheba and everything. But if you read the Bible in 1 Kings, don't have time to go there, I promise, five minutes. If you go to the story of Bathsheba, at the end where David was dying, there was another king, Adonijah, who took over and he was trying to personate and be like the king. And Bathsheba forgot the promise. The king told her. I believe in my mind she was thinking as a concubine. Oh, no, you know, maybe he has another one. Maybe he doesn't love me as you. Maybe, and then the prophet came and told Bathsheba. Nathan told Bathsheba, you know what? Isn't that marvelous to have a prophet? (laughs) A prophet who can stand on your side. The word of God that can stand on your side is reminding you who you are. Bathsheba, you are not a concubine, you are not like all that, the king promised you that your son will be the king. Even though what Adonijah is trying to do, whatever he's trying to do, is not the king. Your son should be the king. Your posterity is your domain. You are not a concubine. You are the bride of Jesus Christ. You have to go in the presence of the king and you remind him of these words that you promised me. And that's why I'm coming to you and reminding your own word. The bride has no merit of her own. She's coming to the king, not with trying to be bold or arrogant. She's coming to the king and humbling and says, King, you promised me this. You are my husband. You promised me this. You promised me healing. You promised salvation for my children. You promised me the Holy Ghost. You promised this for. You promised me healing. You promised me eternal life. Give it unto me. I'm part of you. You Amen. And then David listened to, listened to Bathsheba, and he says, "Yes, that's true. I remember my promise." I remember my promise. And the, and the prophet came back and said, and the prophet came and repeated the same promise again to the king. You promised this woman that, that the Holy Ghost interceding for you. You promised this to that woman. Give her the desire of her heart because you promised her. And the king said, indeed, Solomon will be king again. <laughs> we'll be part of the millennium. <laughs> we'll be part of the wedding supper. You are not a concubine. You are the bride of Jesus Christ, and God is proud to present you. To present you, amen. Don't try to say, "Eh." to present you as His bride, amen. Magicians can come. Do you love the Lord? Amen. So the purpose of this message this morning is to say, no matter which stage you are, the final goal is to go into the wedding supper. If you are just in courtship with God, don't refuse him. Don't harden your heart. Why don't you accept him this morning? Say, God, I want to be, make a decision for you to be engaged with you. I want to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true baptism. I want to start a relationship with you. It's not to say, no, because you are not bride yet, you are not wife yet, so you are are maybe at the stage of courtship. Start with God. Make a decision for him. God, I want to start. I want to walk with you. Those who are in engagement, God, I want to go further with you. I want a closer relationship with you. I want to be delivered. I want to be born again. I want a closer relationship with you. And those who are already living a long time with God, those who already accepted the message of the, of the hour for a long time, been born again, already, well, let me encourage you this morning, don't live as a concubine you are a bride of Jesus Christ. Don't let Amen don't let take your possession. Don't let Amen try and try to threaten you. You are the bride of Jesus Christ. Give him more of him. Give him more time. As a bride as a bridegroom, spend more time with your husband in the secret room, with the word of God. Spend time with the word of God. There is power in the meditation of the word of God. Spend time with God, with the word of God. Amen. Because we are in a relationship with God. That's my encouragement this morning for you. Amen. But I don't know if you know the, word, the, the song, Here Comes the Bride. You know that song? No. Okay, I'll we'll try, try another one. Um, I'm one of them. I'm one of
0: them. I'm one of them.